song. But let me introduce to you uh, a great friend of mine, uh, Dan O'Halloran. Uh, Dan and I have uh, been through this journey together for a number of years now, way too many to actually remember. Uh, Dan and I have seen the, the good, the bad, and the, the ugly uh, about real estate. Most of it's been good, thankfully. Um, Dan uh, got his start in real estate a number of years ago and then came to Colby Real Estate and we began our friendship and, and have been there uh, together ever since. Dan and I work together, as I said, and he's out on his own and he, he and his company right now are slaying it uh, in, in the New Hampshire area. And um, not only am I honored to call Dan a friend, but I'm really proud of him as a little brother uh, for everything that he and his uh, wife and company have been able to accomplish thus far. So as I was starting to talk about do, uh, doing this uh, podcast, the first person that came to my mind that I had to have number one was my buddy Dano. So I called Dan the other day and said, what do you think? And he might have swore at me a couple of times as uh, Dan and I do with each other. Uh, but if he, uh, of course, said he would. So Dano, welcome. Thank you for jumping on with me this morning. And um, I just want to ask you a couple of questions just so people that are getting into the industry might have an understanding of what you uh, were going through or the thought processes that you had when you first got into it. So how did you get into this crazy world? Yeah, um, well, one starters, thanks so much for having me and uh, very, very happy to be the first kickoff for, for your series here, Ben. And uh, we go way back. Um, ben actually married my wife and I, um, and he's been in and just a huge, huge factor in our lives. And I'm very happy to be here. So um, getting started in real estate. So back, um, I was in like doing financial planning and stuff like that and uh, trying to pretend I was like life insurance, stuff like that. And my old man at the time uh, called me out and said, you are miserable. And I flat out denied him the satisfaction of agreeing. And I said, no, I love exactly what I'm doing. I am the happiest I've ever been. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, son of a, all right, how does he know? Um, and so I guess my game face wasn't that good. So he was building houses at the time and, uh, and said, listen, like I'd rather pay family than a realtor. So why don't you get your real estate license? And start working up here with me and all that. So um, I thought it over and um, love the idea of the, uh, I guess, control and independency that real estate can give you um, to control your messaging and your marketing and all that. And it, it got me pretty excited when I dove in and started doing some research. But real estate back, this was back in 05, was not something that was ever talked about in college or anything like that. And at least in my world, it was not a, it was not a thing that I really was aware of. So did research and then said, all right, uh, yeah, let's do this. Um, and then jumped into the market and it was, it was not an easy path to generate an income, uh, from the beginning. So, um, I lost my dad in 07, um, and the market died and it was, it was a roller coaster of, uh, of trying to figure out success in, in real estate for quite some time. Yeah. You know, I will, I will say, um, I had the pleasure of knowing Dan's dad and he was a great guy and I know Dan's mom and she's a wonderful lady. Um, <clears throat> Dano, uh, in my opinion, you were at the forefront of the real estate industry relative to technology. You know, I, I think back of this, Dan, uh, and the, the early days of Colby Real Estate when we were together. <clears throat> Colby Real Estate's located or was located in, in New London, and we had an office. Um, uh, one of our offices was on Main Street or actually Newport Road in New London. 
and we had the main building and then we had this little small annex building and Dano was in the annex building and there came a time where Dan was in the annex building by himself um, that barely had any heat like no bathroom no nothing really and then poor little Dan out in this room by himself and couple of the people that were in the office uh, and I, we made fun of Dan quite a bit and picked on him. But Dan was, um, <clears throat> he was the young kid. He knew about technology. He knew about the internet, internet as it was starting. And Dan knew to get some names for himself and some uh, website names that you've maintained some of those names for quite a while. Yeah. And they now have major, major traction uh, in your world and in, in our world uh, relative to real estate. So kudos to you for, for thinking uh, that way through. I wish I would have done it, or maybe I wish I would have listened to the young kid when he came in um, because I didn't, uh, but I wish I would have. Let me ask you, Dan, what were some of the, the really, really hard things about getting into real estate when you first got licensed? Now, let me just back up. You're from the Upper Valley area uh, of oh, the yes. state, right? Yep. Originally, right? Yep. You didn't go to school in the local Lake Sunapee region, uh, even though you were kind of familiar with it, but didn't go to school, weren't you know, relatives with a bunch of people down this way. So what were some of the hardest things you found trying to break in to the industry down this in this neck of the woods, at least to start in your career? Yeah, um, it was it was incredibly difficult. I was like, 24 years old or something like that um and like was just trying to go after as best I could but I didn't know anybody um it was a very tight-knit town around the Sun of your region um where the office was based my dad was up in Grantham um and most of his business was in the Eastman area um and so I I was didn't know anybody and everyone knew a realtor and it was a hot market and no one had time for for me <laughs> so it was it was really difficult. So uh, to, to try to generate getting to know people, I you know, did tons of mailings, did lots of internet advertising. Uh, this back in 05 and 06, you know, Google AdWords, there's a site called HomeGain that I did joint advertising with lenders and create partnerships and all that um, to try to generate some, some business and leads. And then um, really tried to get involved locally. So I joined the Chamber of Commerce, joined the, the Sun People Board of Realtors. Um, trying to get my name out there and, and known. And even if you are just getting into real estate and you're listening to this, like, why'd you join a board of realtors? Well, like you have to, our industry is super interesting where you have to compete yet collaborate with your, with your peers in the industry. And so I thought it'd be a really good way to start getting to know other realtors and maintain those relationships. So when we're in negotiations, uh, that conversation and the path to, you know, logic and having a sale come together is a lot smoother. Um, versus someone be like, who the heck is that kid? You know. Yeah, so you know, one of the things that that I remember that you did that was part of what what brought some success to you um, going forward was Dan likes to ski. He's a big skier. Still still doing it to this day, as far as I know. And Dan went and um, became an instructor at Mount Sunapee and started teaching some of the little tykes that were up there. And you actually got some business from that over the years, didn't you? Yeah, and I apologize, dogs just, yeah, that's FedEx right. came by. Um, 
but uh yeah so i started um i've coached skiing all through you know high school and college and uh lasted two years not coaching um when i first got into real estate and was losing my mind so i uh decided to coach at mount sunapee and into the race program there and it was an awesome experience i did it not to get real estate business but just because i loved coaching and i had you know an amazing group it was the mighty mites and uh same kids every single weekend nine to twelve and it was a wonderful experience and now all those kids are like going to college and I feel super old, <laughs> but, um, met some amazing families that, you know, they started learning about the region and then, uh, and skiing and fell in love with it. Didn't want to rent anymore and, uh, help them find some opportunities. So, um, it was kind of, it was an, it was a neat way to generate accidentally generate some more business. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, when you think about it, it, it was a win-win. It was a win for not only you in that you got to do what you like to do, right? Coach and ski. And uh, it was a win for the families. They got to meet you, learn a little bit about the area. And some of them bought some stuff over the years. And it just goes to show that you don't always have to get involved in the meetings that are at night that sometimes are painful to go to just because you want to be social. You can do other things, you know, and you took advantage of that. So, uh, so I applaud you for that. Cause I remember you and I talking about where was your business coming from over the years and, you know, a third came from this and a third came from that. And so you worked it out pretty good. Let me ask you, um, you've been very, very involved, not only at the Sunapee board of realtors, obviously at the state and at the national level. Um, what triggered you to get involved at the state level? So. I got asked to be on a um, task force. Um, I think it was way back. This is, I think it was 07 or 08. Um, Monica McGillicuddy and Jay McGillicuddy had a technology task force and they asked me to be on that. Um, and that was my first time going to the old NHAR building and in the basement and trying to talk about technology and like Twitter was, you know, a thing um, <laughs> or more of a thing back then. And, uh, and that started, you know, my path of understanding like what's happening at the state level and what opportunities are there. Um, and then I got into the communications committee from there and then leadership uh, academy and all this whole track started that I didn't have this grand master plan to do it, but it was just opportunities and um, conversations with people that were down there. I mean, it's an open book at the state to talk to anybody and learn anything that's going on. And um, I think the cool part about our state and everyone involved is as big as it might seem, it's really not that big. And you can connect dots really quickly to get and find information and to affect change um, in our state and around real estate if you're passionate about it and you take a little bit of time and knowledge to have a conversation with somebody and share your why you think something should change or something should occur and go from there. Yeah, so, the, you know, you and I talk about this at great length. Um, as you are our, uh, a past president of the state association, and I'll be one upcoming here in a couple of years. Uh, and we talk about people volunteering their time. Now, you obviously went to one of the highest levels or the highest level, I guess you can in the state being the president. You don't have to be the state president to be involved and volunteer your time. You can be on some other committees. Um, the question I have for you is, um, being involved at the state level, um, and I'm not asking, you know, did it help you out financially, 
But do you think your business grew from being involved at the state level, even just being on the communications committee versus going all the way to becoming the president? Did you think that helped in some way? Um, yeah, I, I think it did. Um, and yes, I, I get lots of referrals from people and everything like that. So there's the referral aspect of our business. Um, there's the ele other element of we have our day-to-day -day business of essentially helping people buy and sell houses, right? And then when you go into a, a committee, volunteer leadership, anything like that, you're going down a different path than what our day-to-day -day is. And I've always felt that it's important to kind of pressure test yourself, put you in, yourself in scenarios that are out of your comfort zone and learn a bit more so that you're better apt to handle things that come at you in life. And so part of my drive to doing things like this was to round myself out professionally, get to know more people. And by getting into volunteer leadership in those scenarios, it was different than showing a house, doing a negotiation, you know, doing contracts and stuff like that. And it was, you know, motivating a, a room full of volunteers on a common goal and path and efficiently getting to whatever that end game and goal it was. And so I think that to a degree that helped me in my business growth um, and made me more confident and comfortable in conversations I had uh, with clients as well, because my experience and depth of knowledge uh, was growing in different directions that instead of just this one straight path. Yeah, that's great. And that's great advice. You know, I've, I've seen that uh, with some folks that have served at the local levels um, that I thought, at least the conversations we had years ago with some of those folks, they would have said, oh, I'm never doing that. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they're serving as board presidents or things like that. So it's uh, it's kind of cool to see it happen. And, um, you know, I, I'll give a little plug. Uh, Dan and I were very, very fortunate to have served on the state's uh, first ever leadership academy. I'm not sure if the people selecting that academy knew that Dan and I knew each other because we probably weren't the best two to be together in something like that, but it yeah. worked out great. And there were, there were nine of us, and I'm, I'm sure Dan will concur with me that um, the nine of us have become very close, and it's been an amazing experience. And we've all served at different levels of leadership at the state level, and um, it, it's been awesome. Dan, um, Throughout your career, I don't know how many years it's been now for you. What's this? 16. I was going to say, it's got to be at least 15. So 16 years, which is hard for me to believe. That makes me feel really old now. Um, what do you think one of the top accomplishments that you've been able to do is in your career thus far? Okay. Um, so really, the, the part that I'm most proud of is the, the company that Christine and I built together. Um, and our, our values of supporting our, our team um, and helping everyone generate a, a better or as, as best of life as we can, we can help um, in that regard. And so the agents that work for us and staff that work for us, um, we try to take as best care of them as we can. And their growth has been just super addicting to Christine and I to see them develop in their careers in real estate and have success. And that to me has been just really rewarding and, and super, super um, just happy about it because I think it's just, it's pretty damn awesome to see where they started and where they are at now. And that's been really addictive. Um, and a lot of our core values actually then go back to the days where when you were running Colby Real Estate and creating that family, take care of each other, um, don't have a handout if you're showing a house or something like that for someone else in the office, so you, we're there to support and back each other up. And so 
that stuck to me to the very core. And so when Christine and I were creating the company and looking at our core values and building our team, that was a, a huge component where we wanted to make sure everyone felt like there was coverage if they had to go away or had a family obligation or vacation or whatever, they weren't going to lose business. We're there to support them and help their business continue growing. So they have that time to step away. Yeah, that's great. And it, it kind of makes me feel pretty good that uh, you made made the comments like that because that was how I felt uh, back when I was uh, running Colby Real Estate and then Cushing Real Estate. And now to see people like yourself owning a company and and having all that stress on your shoulders that I used to have at one time. Um, but it's not, it's great. You have a great group of people with you, Dan, and uh, I'm, I'm really happy for it. And I'm psyched that your, your wife, Christina, who I love to death is, is with you. Um, she obviously is no question um, uh, the big uh, reason why your company is successful. Um, if, if, if we wanted to do a, uh, a podcast called Really Unfiltered with Ben Cushing. I would definitely have Dan on and we would talk about some stories that we could share that we might not need to share in public, but we could have fun doing it. Yeah, there's um, some, some leopard leopard print photos you said. I remember. There's, some, there's some stuff out there, right? <laughs> uh, if, if you were going to give advice today to um, a new agent just getting into the industry, what are two things that you would tell them they probably should do and maybe two things that they might not want to do right off? Okay. Um, well, I'm, a, I'm from a sales perspective, I'm not a hard salesperson. I'm, I'm more of a knowledge person. So my, one of my biggest, I guess, pieces of advice would be know your market, know your data, and be able to have a very calm, normal conversation about it. So if you look at our current market right, right now, 2019 versus 20, 2021, the difference in the median sales price for our region that we serve is $100,000. So that's a massive number. So someone didn't sell their house in 2019, they're sitting on a bunch of equity and they may or may not know that. And so it opens the door for some pretty good conversations. And so I would just say, really get to know your local market data, get very knowledgeable about that, research houses that have sold and really become um, educated as best you can in what's happening locally. It's a very emotional business. There's a lot of very, um, and it seems it's not sim as simple as it can seem. So I think education, education, education is the most important thing you can possibly do to make sure that from a liability perspective, you're, you're protected and that you're advising people to help make the best decision they can. And sometimes that decision is not to buy a house. And that is the best thing you can do is not push someone into a house. So that's probably my hard, like, don't do that is you check yourself at the door and you make sure your client's needs are being met. And by needs, it's really having understanding of what is, what are they trying to accomplish with their purchase? What is their end goal? What, you know, and if the property is not fitting that or the scenario is escalating to a, a level that it doesn't make sense, you would do yourself a huge favor to say, listen, this doesn't make sense for you. Why don't we withdraw the contract and move on and find something else that's a better fit? That is the best advice you can give somebody versus trying to force them into something and then they have regrets. So we like to say, you know, we destroy assumptions. We back everything up with facts, data, and the best information possible and help everyone make the very best decision they can make around real estate. And if you're doing that, that takes all that education and very open conversations with your clients to make sure their needs are being addressed as, as clearly as possible. 
Yeah, that's great. You know, it's um, obviously being an educator, I push education. Uh, I don't think we can ever have enough of it. Um, even for those of us that are a little bit seasoned, uh, this is, believe it or not, I believe year 25 for me. Um, I'm still learning stuff on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, you and I chat all the time. We learn things from each other all the time. And you can never not know enough, you know, and especially at a time where we as an association, we have the highest number of realtors in our association in New Hampshire and and nationally um, than I think we've ever had. I know in New Hampshire, that's the case. I mean, we're almost, I think it's 7,800 in the state of New Hampshire right now. And in 2019, I think our budget was based on 6,500. Yeah, when I was president, it was was in the mid, we were under seven. I mean, it was. Yeah. yeah. And you know, what happened, um, COVID is a lot of the reasoning behind that, uh, having uh, taught pre-licensing. Um, I had more people signing up for pre-licensing over the COVID timeframe when we couldn't go anywhere. So everybody thought, oh, I'll get my real estate license, those that have lost jobs. Um, but it's, it's a hard business to crack into, uh, especially with low inventory. It's a, it's a very hard business. Um, and, you know, you are right. There are times when you have to have that hard discussion with the buyer of maybe now's not the best time to buy, you know? Um, So you got to have thick skin to be in this industry. There's no question. And uh, you've got it. And you've uh, you've slayed it over the years. And um, I'm really proud of you. Let me ask you the last question. Um, And, you know, none of us have crystal balls. Maybe we used to have one in the office. I don't remember. What's your forecast for 2022? Not not you and personally in your company, but what do you think real estate in New Hampshire is going to do in 2022? Yeah, I think it's going to be very reminiscent of 2021. Um, Our market has, at least I can speak very confidently about our local market at least, but, um, you know, it went up over 20% in our local area market uh, during 2020. It's now retracted. So we're trending right at 2019's transaction levels. So inventory for at least Sunfi region was it's it's pretty much 19 was the best it had ever been and we're back to those levels 2020 was that 20% ish blip that we had and things have now re- retracted demand has changed dramatically right everyone's reevaluated what's important to them so um, the supply demand issue we have is going to stay pretty consistent um, if rates go up that's going to be a major kick and drive into kind of what how things could change in our landscape of real estate. And if rates go way up, it's going to, you know, slow down the pace of home sales because that affordability is going to rise dramatically uh, or is going to shrink, I guess. Right. So um, people won't be able to buy certain houses because of the increase in rates, which means houses will sit a little bit longer, potentially have a, a more normal balanced market without, you know, having a week supply of inventory, you might have a couple months. Um, that's if the rates go up. I mean, it, it, they, the Fed releases information and markets adjust and then they change their mind or whatever the timeframes happen. So hard to predict. I think we're pretty insulated in New Hampshire though um, for at least 2022 because supply demand issue, people were not gonna have 100 or 700 unit developments go in or anything like that. So that oversupply to catch up to a market and then the market corrects and then you end up with a bunch of empty houses 
I don't see that happening for us. So I think it's going to be the median sales price might hopefully not keep going too much higher for our state and communities. And I think it, I think we're hitting that, hopefully that price ceiling um, and affordability is going to be a consistent conversation throughout 2022. Um, and it'll be interesting. It's going to be very similar to this past year though. I agree. I mean, you and I both listen to a lot of the same um, uh, forecasting people. And, and I agree. I think 2022 is going to be similar to what we just went through. Um, but uh, with all that said, people keep talking about low, low inventory, but you are right. We're tracking on sales numbers that were 2019 that were as good as they've ever been, even though we keep talking about God, we've had low inventory, but there still have been a ton of sales, which is great. Population so, numbers will be interesting to get at some point to see absolutely. the changes in communities. Like that's the data that I don't have. Right. That I would be fascinated to see like how that pop full-time population has changed. Right. Absolutely. Well, Daniel, thank you very much for uh, joining us. If um, anybody wanted to reach out and uh, chat with you, talk about real estate, buying, selling, what have you, how can they reach out to you? Yeah. Um, anytime go to our website, ohgrp.com. And uh, or give me a call or, or shoot me a text or email and uh, go from there. All right. And folks, um, after the uh, show is over, I'll put all the show notes in there and all of Dano's contact information. If you guys want to reach out to Dan or anybody at his company, it'll all be uh, on our YouTube channel. So, Daniel, thank you very much again for coming. And uh, mm -hmm. I look forward to seeing you out on the road and happy uh, new year to you and Christina. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, buddy. Appreciate it. Take you care. Bet. Thank you.